You're now listening to A Healthy Obsession. This is the weekly show with Adam Thelwell and Tom Hurdle. Let's get into the show. Tom, uh, are you ready to start, mate? We're going straight in. Going straight in. Do you want to go straight in? What do you want me to give an announcement first about the technical uh, technical difficulties? Yeah, I think you should. I think that's the, the right thing to do. Well, I was going to say the, this is the first time we've ever done the podcast over Zoom. So, you know, I, I think that should be announced first because I just wondered if you missed me in not being in the studio with me. Yeah. Um, so fortunately for you in podcast land, you don't get to see what Adam looks like right now. But he's, uh, he's wearing quite, like, almost a salmon pink vest um but it's hard to tell that he's wearing a vest because the rest of his body is also salmon pink because his lovely british skin has obviously seen way too much sun yeah i've got i've got incredibly bad sunburn nearly everywhere (laughs) (laughs) yeah you look like a proper tourist everyone knows you're not from honduras that's for sure well yeah i don't think it took a bad suntan for them to figure that out (laughs) (laughs) Now, uh, to answer your question, have I missed you? Um, Do you miss no, my presence? Like, is there just moments where you feel like things feel a bit off because I'm not in the same country as you? Well, like, like there's an imbalance in the, in the oh. universe. Or is that just that makes me sound like an arrogant prick? Or do I feel better knowing that you're not here? Is that, is that an option as well? That's horrible. That's a bit harsh, isn't it? Well, not as harsh as me having to come to Honduras to get away from you. <laughs> oh, oh, what, what about, oh, I feel so sorry for you. You've had to go all the way to a little island in Honduras. Yep. Where are you in Honduras? Let the people know. So uh, I'm down here in Roatan. It's an island off the coast of uh, Honduras. It's an absolutely beautiful place. It's got uh, loads of good football culture down there. It's like they're, they're football mad. All right. Well, I was actually going to save this for later, but I'm going to do it now. So... Uh, I was going to give you a little bit of a quiz on uh, Honduran football. All right. So, have, you, have you done any local uh, football experiencing tourism? <laughs> no, yeah. There's, so there's no team on the island, but there's um, yeah, there's no team. There on is the a island. team on the island. There is no team on the island, but there's loads of football going on. Yeah, there's just uh, in my research, is there that- is a team on the island. I asked I asked a couple of lads, and they said there's not. A, you're not talking about a professional team, are you? They're actually, it's crazy. They're called Arsenal FC and they've been around since 1999. Oh, that's interesting. Well, there's no football going on here because of COVID. Oh, so maybe they're not in season right now. That's probably true, but... Yeah. So there's loads of street there football. A, there is a team there. They play in Coxon Hall, which I believe is the, uh, the main town. Is that right? Yeah, Coxon Hall. That's where the airport is. Yeah. yeah, so there is a team called Arsenal FC. So you failed the first question. Oh, dear. Yeah. Do you know who is uh, currently top of the Honduran Football League? No. CD Olympia. Okay. And I've got a question for you. What does the CD mean? Uh, Club Deportivo. Club Deportivo Olympia. Yeah, they're top at league. So mm-hmm. that was my first two questions. Third question. Let's find out how much of a, how cultural you are. What is the, uh, the beer of Honduras? Oh, I should know this because I've drank too many of them the last week or so. It is beans with S and... I can't remember the, the pronunciation of it. Because uh, they're telling me it's Port Royal online. No, so maybe that's a lie. No, it's uh, on the island. It's like Sagras or something like that. That's why they drink on this island anyway. Yeah. Magic. I haven't, seen any, I haven't seen any of those around Club Royale. No, it's, it gives the best. It's like Sagras or I forget the actual way. Because Sagras is like a Portuguese-Brazilian beer, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's not that, but it's yeah. I'm never going to remember it. <laughs> but they, but they, nice. drink lo- they drink lots of rum. Ooh, nice! And today I saw a shipwreck, an old like thousand year old pirate ship had crashed and swam down to the ocean and looked at it. It was pretty cool. Oh, weird! When you said you saw a, a shipwreck, I thought you like actually saw a ship crash, which would be mental. I think pa- Pamela thought the same thing because I, I sent her a picture of it because you can see just the top of the boat from like, when you're riding the boat up to it. So I was like, oh, I, when did this crash? It's not recent, is it? <laughs> it was like, <laughs> a thousand-year-old pirate ship down at the bottom of the ocean. So. That's amazing. I'm yeah. assuming it's already been like uh, fleeced, like you didn't find any gold. 
No, no, no gold. Uh, swam down there, had a good look around at it. I nearly got stung by an eel, which uh, that was probably the most terrifying experience ever. Wait, you nearly got stung by an eel? Mate, it was absolutely massive, like gargantuan, like really scary, a- actually scary. Was it? Did you did you get like a case of the Steve Irwins? Were you a little bit worried? Uh, and then yeah, and then there's just like a stingray next to you on one side, and he starts talking about the sharks and where they go, and I'm like, oh, I will probably get out of it now, mate. <laughs> and, then, and then and then Fraser's there as well. Yeah, and I've got uh, Fraser's there, and I've got I've got Yaman's an experienced. Uh, diver, you know, and expert really, he comes to the island for the dive, and it's like some of the most beautiful like coral reef in the world. Like it's just see-through blue, and you drop off, and it's like you're in an aquarium. It's absolutely mad. But anyway, the two lads that I'm with are both like quite experienced in diving, and I'm not. So yeah, it's been interesting. That part of it's kind of terrifying at first, but it's pretty cool. That's really cool. I've never done it before. Nice. Well, I'm interested to see uh, how influential this podcast is. If uh, tourism numbers go up in Roatan, Honduras, then you can call yourself an influencer, mate. You know, I, I'd never really even heard of it much. Like before, my, my mate's been coming here for five years, and I'd never really heard much about the place because the, the guys here, the locals, say that they don't get a lot of American tourism. It's mainly Canadian tourism. So, because you can get a direct flight from Toronto. So there's a lot of Canadians come down here, but it's not a ton of Americans. I think it's kind of unheard of, or I don't know if there's like a bit of a taboo, you know, around Honduras is known for being a bit dangerous and all the rest of it. So yeah, but it's been, it's been brilliant. The locals have been great. They love football, kind of cool uh, crossover of um, Caribbean culture with, um, with Spanish. So they're, they're football mad. They love it. They just want to talk to you about football all the time. So yeah, it's been, been brilliant. Been been super super cool experience so far still a couple of days to go well i'm not jealous so yeah and i and i did my job and i watched some football while i was there which was great oh oh you're on holiday and you watch some football our rough life yeah all right can't believe you're still working yeah technically this is a business trip there you go of course it is (laughs) well let's start off did you where did you watch united chelsea because i'm sure you didn't miss that one uh, I watched United Chelsea at the a place called the Booty Bar. Booty Bar was it like a little like shack on the beach? No, no, it's uh, it's a pub. It's a pub on the beach, and uh, nice. but they had a big projector down, and there's loads of people in there watching it. It was good atmosphere. Actually, I hate saying this because I know I'm going to get some shit given over it. It was mainly most of the locals like Chelsea. I, don't know, I was going to say, what was the backing? There was a lot. There was a lot of Chelsea shirts in there, yeah. So that was kind of interesting, and mm-hmm. we'll talk about the game in a minute. But because I was a bit, a bit of a letdown, because I was, I saw all these people sat in there, and I thought, oh, this is going to be brilliant. You know, like this, the atmosphere is going to be great. And yeah, there's uh, the game. <laughs> game didn't really provide much uh, for an atmosphere, but yeah, it was a really cool location, right down on the beach, and watched it with a few of the, lo- the local lads down there. So that was uh, another really cool experience. Yeah, class fun. Yeah. So, Fast. so what did you think of the what did you think of the football? I thought the first half, especially, I just thought both teams were so lacking in the final third. I just thought the overall quality of the, but it's like they both both teams just sort of froze when they got to the final third, and it was like a lot of sideways passes, and there was just like lacking of like a cutting edge. And what do you think it is with United? Because there's a stat here. I mean, they've gone six matches against the big six where they've not scored. Yeah, and four of them have been nil-nil games. I mean, obviously there is a, it's a mentality, it's an approach to the game, right? And I think even the the goal they scored against Spurs wasn't it wasn't from open play. I think that stat said that the only goal against in those what, what did you say it was seven games, six games against the top six they've, they've not scored a goal. Yeah, so six, and so yeah, so no goal from open play. It's a little bit of a concern to be honest, and they didn't really do much against Chelsea. There was no. Like, like a moment that you thought that United should have had a couple of goals. There was not really any of that. Now, there's the penalty decision, which I know we, you and I were texting. Uh, we were in the WhatsApp group at the time, which you, everyone should join if they're not in it already. Um, yeah, and I, I kind of said the same thing. I thought it was a stonewall penalty. I don't understand how that's not given. Why is his hand up there? His hand's in an unnatural position for me. Absolutely, 100%. Like, no business sticking your hand anywhere near here. And, and the ball hitting it. It's handball, it's a penalty. But uh, I found it interesting. Solskjaer, uh, I watched the interview afterwards, and he, he said something funny along, along the lines of, uh, we didn't get the penalty because we get given a lot of penalties. Yeah, that's, what, that's his argument, right? He's, he, he thinks the referee was influenced because everyone's talking about how many pens United get, which, 
a little bit of me likes because if you shout loud enough, things go your way, right? Yeah, and I, I think he was. Uh, I mean, he just said that he, I think the referee was blind to not give it, and you know, it was some conversation between Luke Shaw and I think and the referee where the ref had sort of said to Maguire, I think, that he was going to give the penalty, but he wanted to like review it, and then he came back and said no penalty. But his initial reaction was like, yeah, that's a pen. So give the fucking penalty. Yeah, I don't. I'm not buying it. But United still uh, on a run. I mean, you, I think the title's over now. I think City, City have got it now. But unbeaten in 20 away league games—that's outstanding. Yeah, that that statistic's crazy. I mean, and and that bodes well, I think, for United. They've just got a few more hurdles to cross. Um, plug in your last name in there, mate. But um, they've got a couple of hurdles they need to cross, which is obviously they need to either. Get in, the, get their heads in the right space to go into these games against the big six, and actually get on the front foot and go and put some points on the board. And they, I think, they're still too inconsistent at home. If they, I know that's too like really like duh, oh yeah, obviously moments, but like they they turn that corner with those two things. Well, all of a sudden, that 12-point gap really like closes down pretty significantly. But they, they've got to fix this, though, because it's not, it's not like a one-off now. It's like pretty uh, – the trend is there if they're not winning any of those seven games, I mean, and not scoring goals from open play. Obviously, something's up with the strategy, right? So, yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know if I completely agree with you because I think that Solskjaer's installing a mentality where they're tough to beat, and I think – it's kind of the old Mourinho mentality where you, you don't drop points away from home and you win, you know, you win at home and don't lose away from home. You've got how's a chance that, of being successful. How's that working for uh, Spurs, aren't they, ninth? We'll move on to that game soon. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> and Jose, Jose Mourinho also got fired from Manchester United. So, I mean, I'm not really buying this. Uh, like, Jose Mourinho is God. Listen, listen. Mourinho's uh, history speaks for itself. So... We'll stick with that. We won't talk about what he's doing at Spurs. And we're eighth, by the way. Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. So, so no, oh. but I, I, I agree with you. I get what you're saying. Like, United, look, there's been many games. We talked about it on the pod earlier in the season. There's been many if, of those seven games, besides Spurs, that United could have won 1-0 really easily. And they look like a genius. You win five of those seven games, uh, you, oh. you're a genius. 1-0 away from Chelsea. And like, so it can turn really quickly. And United had plenty of chances in those games. So now it's just like, can they just get that bit of, uh, I don't want to say luck, but, you know, just the rub of the green in those games where you you know you're only going to get a few chances, right? Yeah, it's all right. You'll just be known this season as the team that kind of bottled it because you had a chance and now you've, you've bottled it, you've fallen off, haven't you? And, and Chelsea, I mean, they deserve credit as well. They're still on an unbeaten run under the new manager, right? So they should get a little uh, a little mention as well because although they were not brilliant either, but they, they're still unbeaten and seem to have sorted out the defensive problems. Yeah. How are you pronouncing his name? Tuchel or Tuchel? I've heard it Tuchel from like someone in the know. It's like Tuchel. Tuchel. I don't like Tuchel. It makes him sound he's not. Yeah, he's not too cool. Yeah, I'll be. Tuchel <laughs> is where I'm going. All right. Well, uh, I think that's it. It was an enjoyable uh, experience watching the match, but the match was a little underwhelming. But some talking points anyway. Yeah. All right. Move us on. Brighton West Brom next. Did you watch this one or did you get the highlights? Got the highlights, but I mean, dramatic. This is a mad game. So, I mean, a lot of it is all about the Lee Mason decision. Um, and if you haven't seen it, uh, West Brom took a, a 1 0 lead off a set piece and kind of did what West Brom do at the moment a bit of a smash and grab because I think Brighton were by far the better team in the game. Um, but it was sort of, it was a free kick for Brighton the first half, I think, probably around. 30, 40th minute, right? Yeah. And Lewis Dunk has looked at the referee. The referee's blown his whistle and he's, he's taken it. And then the referee's blown his whistle again before it's gone in. It's gone in. And the referee's disallowed the goal. And then he's given the goal. And then he's gone to VAR and come back and disallowed the goal. And then VAR's had another look and they've disallowed it. And he's retaken the free kick and then hits it straight to keeper. But it was absolutely farcical because nobody knew what was going on. I mean, they cut to Sam Allardyce, who actually, this is against Sam Allardyce, and he's standing on the sideline with his head in his hands, like, what the fuck is going on here? Uh, Potter was just standing there as if he just wanted to leave. Um, it was just absolute madness. I don't get it. I don't know how you can make that much of a fuck up in that scenario. 
yeah, it, there, there were so many times he probably could have just turned the corner and like redeemed himself, and he just like double and triple down on the fuck up. <laughs> very, very strange. I mean, it was interesting because after the game, Allardyce was getting interviewed, and he sort of said, you know, he was laughing, and he said, well, we got a big slice of luck, um, you know, and he's like, you know, we've kept a clean sheet, but I don't know how. Well, and my thing with it is, I just. How does he? How does he justify? You know, the referee not having to come out and say anything afterwards. I mean, we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but I just don't. I don't get it. Well, and also, got... I think Allardyce is probably just speaking to the fact that Brighton, like statistically, just absolutely bullied them. Fifteen shots for Brighton and two penalty misses that hit the frame. Right. So, like, they, West Brom got out of jail massively. Right. Uh, it's, it's it's crazy, really, when you think about it. Um, the, the penalty misses were atrocious. Do you see both of those? Yeah, <laughs> very bad. The first one was hilarious because he hit it so hard. It it didn't. It came back outside the box. It landed about ten yards outside the box. <laughs> like if you're going to miss, at least to give it a chance of a rebound or something. You know what I mean? He's absolutely spanked it off the bar. I disagree. But... I like that he went for power. <laughs> I like because if that goes in, it just looks amazing. It looks so unstoppable. But yeah, you get you get screwed up on the uh, the rebound opportunity. It reminded me of one of those pens where, um, I think it was one a couple of years ago, where the bloke, it was a penalty shootout, and the bloke hit the bar, and it went up in the air miles, and the keeper ran away celebrating, and it landed and spun and went back in, so it counted, which was hilarious. So. Uh, yeah, I remember that. Did, didn't the keeper run off celebrating? Yeah, he was like, arms in the air going crazy. <laughs> God, just looking at the other stat for uh, for Brighton is mental. Three games, sixty-six shots, two missed penalties, and they have only got a goal and a point. <laughs> that, like that's insane. Sixty-six shots, and they only scored one goal in three games. That's bad. They got you. Got to work on your finishing. You got to stay after training, haven't you? Yeah, it can't be worldy goalkeepers week in week out, can it? Yeah. Sixty-six shots, twenty-two a game. Yeah, that, that's 22 shots a game and you've only got one goal in three. That's bad. That's bad. They're, they're either shooting when they shouldn't be shooting yeah. or the finishing is just piss poor. Either way, Potter's to blame. Yeah, I, it, I think Potter yeah, need, definitely needs to keep the lads behind afterwards and uh, yeah, a bit, bit of shooting practice. Yeah, interesting. And then final thing on that game, it was actually uh, thinking about that quick free kick. Do you see many quick free kicks these days? I'm trying to think back now. You don't see many free kicks taken quickly, especially like quick shots like that. No, I think it's, yeah, it's a good call. You haven't really seen many of them. You used to see quite a few people just going for little cheeky ones. But is that because, do you think that's because more teams have players that are quote-unquote free kick specialists than maybe before? Or they, they fancy themselves more? Because you can catch a good point. Like, yeah, they want to line it up and do it properly. Yeah, no, definitely. All right, so on to uh, Fulham Palace. Nil yeah, quick one on that one. I mean, Fulham missed opportunity for Fulham, really. No, no, they played quite well against Palace. Fulham are now unbeaten uh, in seven. They've got six draws and one win, which is mad. Out of, from seven games, they've taken 10 points, but drawn six of them. That's still, that's still like pretty... Uh... That's like relegation form still. Every team that goes down, there's always a team that has way too many draws that can't, they just can't quite convert them into wins. They've drawn 10 of their last 15. Oof, yeah, that's rough. You, imagine as a player, would you just get bored of drawing? Would you be like, fuck it, another draw? Do you, do you think Fulham will stay up still? Uh, my heart wants Fulham to stay up. Um, it's them or Newcastle. And I'll be honest with you, it's a bit of an ugly... If you had to make me choose, it's a tough one because I really like Newcastle as a club. Um, but I like Fulham. I like Scotker. I like the way they kind of play at the moment. Um, I don't know. It's going to be a. It's going to go down to the wire that one. I think. I think it's three points separating them right now. But I can. I can see. I think Fulham are going the right direction. I think Newcastle are going the wrong way. Yeah, when we talked about it last week, right, it's momentum and it can work for and against you once you start. If, if, if Fulham do keep that up, I mean, they're just the confidence they'll get just from being unbeaten, from go, switching the trend from when they were just like bleeding goals, losing games, like, they've at least turned the corner. They're playing good football. I didn't watch this game, but like the highlights, it's great stuff. Like it's nice, fast-flowing football. So. Matt, three or four games into the season, everyone was saying Fulham are well out of their league. They're going down. They'll be the worst team to go down. 
and they've really, really turned it around. So, I mean, massive credit for them. Ma- this is how much credit Scott Parker should get that Roy Hodgson, after the game, uh, said uh, 0-0 was the best we were going to get out of that game, which is, if you're a Palace fan, you've got to be thinking, what the fuck are you talking about? We're playing someone in the relegation zone and you're happy with a 0-0. Yeah, yeah. That's, 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 that's not great from the gaffer there, is it? Like, you, I, that's not what I want to hear as a supporter. That's going to get you a new contract, is it, Roy? I don't think you can get a new contract. He's about 86. <laughs> I mean, what, what's the next contract? It's like, yeah, mate, mate, we'll keep you on for five years. Oh, yeah, 90-something. He's really old. You might have to go on a game-per-game basis. Well, that's not very nice. That's, that's more aggressive than what I said. But, yeah, he's proper old. He's like in his, in his 70s, isn't he? I don't know. Yeah, mate. Anyway, let's speak about the, uh, the impressive game of the week. Uh, yeah, you've been chomping at the bit. And just Spurs for Burnley nil. Gareth Bale was on was just fire. You. The WhatsApp was just you going mad. Just you just loving life again as a football fan after being a little sad sack for the last few weeks. Listen, you've got to live in the moment, mate. You've got to take the, take the victories when you get them. But Gareth Bale looked like he was back. Now, granted, Burnley were shocking. Yeah. Uh, and they're not very good. But Burnley have but, playing badly either. They've been okay. They were just oh, they had an awful day, but they've not been on terrible form, have they? I think they've been in a bit of a slide, but not not terrible. But yeah, I mean they're they're fifteenth. They're in the mix. So yeah, okay. yeah they're, they're okay. Their their aim is just to stay in the league, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, yeah, it was. Uh, I thought Spurs were great. To be fair, we played some really good football. We we finally didn't play with a defensive mindset. He didn't have Sissoko holding. He kind of just let Spurs go. I mean, he had Bale, Kane, and Son up top with um, Lucas Moore behind him. And it was just very attacking. It was just too much quality. Um, so that was fun. Uh, Mourinho did make an interesting comment, which confirms what I've been thinking for a while. Uh, he said, there are a lot of players pushing for a start at the moment. Uh, but the Premier League is... Sorry. At the moment, the Premier League is not more important than the Europa League. So he's prioritising the Europa League over the Prem, which is interesting. Which, I mean, you've said it before that he was saving Bale for the uh, Europa League. I mean, this is, uh, I mean, now, how do you keep him out of the team? It's, it seems like you could see this, Tom. Like, I'm, I'm bigging you up a little bit. Like, you've seen this, and I'm sure other Spurs fans that you chat with have probably all seen this, where it's like, just play Bale, Son and Kane. Why, like, why not? Like, what's, what's the hold-up then? And then he does it, and then this happens. They play, they look phenomenal. Just absolutely unstoppable this day. So, yeah, all we want to see is, uh, we're, all, we're all waiting for the shag, which okay. is Son, Harry, Deli Alley, and then Gareth Bale. If we can get that front four, I think Spurs will be scary good. Yeah, but I think he's saving it. I think we're going to peak at the right time. Spurs traditionally... I've played well, and at the end of the season, we kind of shit the bed and fall off. I think Mourinho is going to, we've been shit, and now we're going to go up and peak at the end. So that's my prediction. Did you see Roy Keane arguing with uh, Harry Redknapp? Uh, Harry Redknapp, Jamie Redknapp? I, I actually didn't catch this. No, what happened? Load of nonsense. Yeah. Typical Roy Keane just saying stupid things to get a response. So it's before the Spurs game. And, and Roy Keane just starts saying, well, I don't know why everyone thinks Spurs should be, you know, at the top of the league and competing. You know, they've got a really average team if you take away Son and Kane. So, Redknapp's kind of arguing back with him. And he's... Redknapp says, well, Spurs has got a squad full of international players, which is true. Mm. Roy King's response was, well, you don't even have to be that good to be... If, if, if you're not an international team, you're not even a good player anyway. So, like, being international isn't even much of a status any now, anymore. Like, he just basically said, like, oh, that doesn't really mean anything. So, they had a bit of an argument about it and went back and forth. But uh, just Roy Keane just saying really stupid things, really, just to get a response. It's almost like he doesn't know enough about the ins and outs of the games. That he has to say outlandish things just to kind of stay relevant, in my opinion. He's just really silly. It was like, is that really what you believe? Well, it seems to work, doesn't it? Because there's plenty of people talking about it and they're talking about that instead of the game. And it's like, yeah, you're talking, yeah, you're talking, we about, are talking about it. Jamie Redknapp got really fired up. Yeah, that's all right. I, I, I'd back Roy Keane in a fight anyway against Jamie Redknapp. I think he looks a bit tired and old now, Roy King. Well, he is old, probably tired. I'm not sure he's got a scrap in him anymore. Uh, I reckon he's from Cork, mate. He's got a sweet right. 
Red, Redknapp, Redknapp's a pretty boy. Redknapp would dodge him for a while, tire him out. Yeah. Uh, Red, Redknapp would get battered. <laughs> yeah, he would get battered, you're right. You're right, I'm just hoping. Anyway, yeah. next game. Yeah, great. It was, it was a great game anyway. To finish him with Deli Ali's goal, obviously, was just ridiculously good. Well, what, where's that been? But he's back in the team and banging goals like that. And he's going to be, uh, he's going to be on the paper uh, for a team sheet first, first name, probably. Yeah? Hopefully, we shall see. I, lo- um, I, love, I love Bale's finish. The left foot is just so effortless. The ball just rolls across from him. And I don't know, I don't know which one, maybe the third goal. But it, it was, no, it's made the yeah. first goal. Yeah. The third goal. Third goal, and it comes across to him, and he just like comes off, gets it out of his left foot, and just made it look so effortless to drift into the far corner. Like it's an unbelievable goal. Nah, he's, he's he's a world class talent, and I think he's finding his feet again. So I'm not going to say any more because I don't want to jinx it. Yeah, too late. All right, quick, uh, quick, knock these two games out before half time. So Man City uh, just uh, cruising again. West Ham did their damnedest to upset them, but City were just in control of this one. Yeah, two, two goals from two centre-backs. So, fair play to them, to be fair. I think it was uh, Diaz got the first one and Stones with the second one. I mean, if your centre-backs are chipping in with goals, I mean, it's your year, isn't it? You win a game 2-1, it's two centre-backs that scored. Both from open play, by the way. Well, and Diaz has got to be right there with Bruno Fernandes for like signing and most impact of the season. Because... He's just given everything City needed with company leaving. Diaz has just really tightened up the back, and look, he's adding goals as well. Did you say Fernandez? Bruno Fernandez, yeah. I mean, well, did he play against Chelsea on the other day? Did he play? Well, that's funny. I didn't notice him. Was he? Uh-huh. Yeah, if he's that good, oh, I would have thought I'd have seen him. Does win one game and you sticking your chest back out? Fernandez is a fucking myth. Get out of here. All right, and then uh, Leicester, Leicester, Arsenal. Uh, Leicester on a bit of free fall right now. Knocked out of the Europa League by uh, Slavia Prague midweek and taken apart by Arsenal, to be fair, uh, 3-1 on this weekend. And I thought Arsenal actually, dare I say it, uh, went 1-0 down and sort of showed a bit of character to come back, which is a little bit of concern in North London. They went 1-0 down and I thought this is like, yeah, same old story type of thing, you know, like Arsenal going to be really inconsistent. But yeah, I, I, I thought they were tremendous, real like nice flowing one-two touch football. They, they look good and they spread the goals around as well, which was good. So yeah, really yeah. positive result. And Leicester, yeah, Leicester having a wobble for sure. Anything else? Cool. No, I think that's it. That's enough football talk for the first half. All right, let's get to half time, mate. You, you might need to nip down to the, because you how far are you from the beach? It's just a... Uh, just there, mm-hmm. nice. Because it says, uh, he's just all he's done is pointed over his shoulder. By the way, just it's over there. Yeah, yeah. You said they drink a lot of rum, do they? Yeah, a lot of rum. It's a lot, a lot of rum, and it's done me no favors because I've just I, I thought that I was a pirate for about a week, and I'm like, this is uh, just on a boats and like spend, spending time thinking I'm a pirate. But have you commandeered any other like vessels? Yeah, we commandeered one vessel. It sunk. <laughs> On that note, go get yourself a pina colada at halftime. Halftime. Right, let's go back. Second half. Let's have it. Uh, You know what's funny? I think it's like 10 years ago or 11 years ago is the anniversary of um, Delia Smith's rant at Norwich, where she come out at halftime after a few... White wines. What is she? Let's be having you. No. Who are you? Where are you? <laughs> nobody, nobody reacting to her. That's got to be one of the all-time great moments in Norwich history. All-time greatest cringe moments in football history. Although, although they are currently top of the championship, and I think they've got a really good chance to get promoted. Yeah, but that's annoying. It irritates me. I don't want them coming up every season. It's like they come up, they go down. They come up, they go down. Fair. They're like, right. it's annoying. Proper yo-yo club. Proper yo-yo club. I, like, I want some new teams in there. Get, get me a Burton Albion or, you know, Rochdale in the Prem. Funny, I, was looking, I was looking at some old Premier League tables earlier and, like, the days when Oxford United were in the Prem or, like, Ipswich Ooh, and some of those Swind- clubs. Swindon Town away. Swindon, brilliant. Yeah. Like, get, get me some of those teams. Like, I, was, I was really happy when Bournemouth came up. It's just like a little ground and like yeah. kind of unique. Hey, speaking of Bournemouth, do you see Jack Coulshaw? They He had a big old punch up there against Watford. 
massive, like a full-on smack. You know, usually it's just pushing and shoving. Jack Wilshere is in there throwing full-on blows. What's his problem? I don't know. I didn't see the actual like reason for the build-up. I think it was just a bit of on-field, like you know, bitching at each other. But yeah, they were having a good old go at it. Brilliant. I have to look that up. All right, so let's let's run through a little bit of uh, global football news. Start with Barcelona getting slapped around by Paris Saint Germain in the Champions League. Did you find that enjoyable? Proper slapped about. I mean, that was uh, they got taken apart at at home. It was. I mean, Barcelona don't get beat four one at home like that in the first leg. I find it really enjoyable, but I don't like PSG either. So that takes a bit of the gloss off of it. I've got a weird dilemma with PSG because I'm a big, obviously, Pochettino fan when he's at Spurs. So it's it's a bit of a I'm torn on that one because I don't really like PSG, but I do like Poch. So you're like the guy that can't get over his ex-girlfriend, aren't you? No, I'll never get over Poch. Pochettino will come back one day. He'll manage Spurs again in the future. No chance. It's over. Move he on. He will return. He doesn't like you anymore. It's just not the right fit. <laughs> it's not you. It's me. Yeah, it's not you. It's me. There you go. <laughs> but Mbappe. Mbappe was outrageously good. I mean, what, hat-trick at a yeah. Camp Nou? Special, uh, man. I mean, the kid, the kid is next level. What's it, 22 years old? Yeah, 22. And I got, I got one of his shinies, mate. It's going to be worth a mint in the future. Ooh, shiny. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, um, your, your boy in Germany got player of the month, Matthew Hoppy. Yeah, Matthew Hoppy, we keep talking about. He got, he got rookie of the month, which this is weird because it's kind of a re- weird award for me. Rookie of the month. It's not player of the month. It's not young player of the month. Or maybe that is in Germany, young player of the month. Rookie of the month. Right? How many fucking new players are showing up in March? It's like, a very American award, isn't it? Yeah. I thought maybe they called it that because he's American. I don't know. But like, he got rookie of the month, which, imagine that in Premier League. Who's the rookie of the month in January? Well, it can only really be a you know, handful of players. Yes. And probably will be uh, Mason Greenwood every week. Because, you know, it's weird. Think about the awards. You've got, probably what you got, Manager of the Month. I like it. I like Manager of the Month. It's good. Player of the Month is all they have? Yeah, Player of the Month, yeah. And Goal of the Month. Right. What else you need? Well, that's it. Pack it up. That's all. We, I actually, no, let's get rookie. I, I want more awards. Get more awards. If you can add an award, Tom, what would it be? Tackle of the month. Ooh, yeah, I like that. And the prize like is proper munch. Yeah, the prize is just outrageous too to encourage more like high flying tackling. That's what I want. Yeah, it's like a really good prize as well for like the best tackle because the like- risk on, you've got to live on the edge for that because you could you're going to get some really bad tackles and you get some munching tackles. Would you like to see football go the way of hockey where it's okay to have a scrap like they, everyone stops and they just have a bit of a punch up? So you could like so like you could have an enforcer on the squad. Like yeah, you bring in like, so like let's say Ricky Ricky Hatton's on your bench, but you just bring him on for the scrap. Yeah, you bring him on for a scrap. Everybody stops. There's a little like sort of circle around where the players are because you know what? It really annoys me. I'm not trying to condone fighting. I know the game's moved on from all that kind of stuff, but I hate watching footballers getting in these like pushing and shoving matches because it's like none of you are doing anything. Like, what's the point? That, that's what I'm saying. What's the point? I'd rather them stop, take the the gloves off. The proverbial gloves and have it like put the handbags down. Put the handbags down. Yeah, just have a little, have a little box up. Would you like to see that, Thomas, or is that me just being, uh, uh, you know, promoting violence? I'll, uh, I'm going to keep my opinion to myself on this one. All right, Mr. PC. People do this show for opinion. Listen to the show for opinion. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, <laughs> you don't, you don't think it's because they're actually listening to your right inside, do you? Uh, yes, that is because that's the feedback I get. Is it? People feel, people feel wiser after listening to me. All right, mate. You're not Jesus. Am I? <laughs> Aren't I? Aren't I? <laughs> Jesus, has got be- Jesus speaks better English than that. Fuck. Yeah, Jesus <laughs> definitely spoke better English than that. All right. Well, no, he wouldn't be speaking English, would he? He'd been speaking Arabic. Well, no, no, no. We're going down the rabbit hole here because he would have spoke Hebrew. Hebrew, yeah. Well, technically, he could probably speak anything because if the theory's correct, uh, he knows all the languages. Didn't you go to a Christian school? Shouldn't you know this? Yeah, I did. And I don't know it. Well, all right. If you know that, call in and let us know. I'd be interested to know. How many languages could Jesus speak? 
Yeah, because at that time, I'm sure there was like different dialects all across the little like pockets of land they lived in. I'm pretty sure English wasn't a language then, right? No, definitely not. No, of course it wasn't. They, so it was probably like Arabic on one side of the mountain and on the other side they were speaking Hebrew and then, you know, all kinds of stuff going on. No. All right. So uh, <laughs> from Jesus to Slavia, Prague, where you were, you were excited about this. So tell us what happened. Yeah, I like this. So after Slavia Prague knocked out Leicester at Leicester, uh, a couple of their players on the pitch FaceTimed uh, Thomas Suchek, mm. who was the captain of Slavia Prague last year. And he was, there's the kind of a picture of the screen. And he's there in a Slavia Prague shirt on his sofa, just loving it. Mm. And I quite like that because he's obviously, obviously had that much of an impact on the club that the players, he's not even played in the game. Their first thought is like, oh, we should FaceTime the old captain. I think that's pretty cool. That's a nice touch. Yeah. Um, and obviously, he was into the game. He was watching it, and he was ready. And like, I thought it was kind of cool. I like that. Mm. Now, I wouldn't like it if they were played in the same league. I think that would be a bit weird. But yeah, Europa League? Yeah, why not? Yeah, no, it's, it's a nice touch, right? Do you, should we do that after, like, a Celtic game? We'll, like, FaceTime an old Celtic player? Yeah. Or, or the enemy of a Celtic player. Like someone that we don't like. Yeah. I like that. To celebrate our victory in front of them. Yeah, yeah. That's what we When we win the league, we're going to do that FaceTime like all our opponents. With no, yeah, with no uh, like prior warning, just like no. they, won't, they won't even know we've got their phone number and we'll just ring them and FaceTime them with 20, 20 of our squad there. I like it. Yeah. Did you play for, for Celtic on Saturday or no? No, I didn't. I was at the, uh, well, I had a game myself and then I went to the rec program. So mm-hmm. no. You're, you're working. So you're too busy for that hobby stuff. Yeah. Lifestyle? Shut mm. up. All right. What's next on the, the burner? Sad news. The, uh, the father of uh, Alison Becker died this week. His dad, um, he drowned in a, in a lake near his house in Brazil. So pretty sad, really. I know we were giving Alison a bit of a tough time for his performances recently, but I think uh, yeah, he wouldn't wish us on anyone. Horrible news to come out and obviously just more woes for, for Liverpool and, and where they're at. I think it's really tough. That's uh News you never want to hear for a player, right? Or for anyone. I forget who the goal scorer was for Liverpool on Sunday, but it was a nice dedication, right? After he scored. Um, is it Curtis Jones? Yeah, uh, yeah, he did score. I thought the ball went out, but we won't get into that. Yeah, but, um, but he, de- yeah. he dedicated uh, the goal. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's good. It's good. Right. And then another cool touch. I thought it was really funny. So I don't know how to pronounce his team name, but Elche or Elch or Elk. Elche. Elche. Uh, Elche. Played uh, Barcelona midweek and Messi, uh, the goalkeeper, so Barcelona won after the game, the goalkeeper's gone up to Messi to get Messi's shirt. So Messi's, A, I'm not sure how he's allowed to do this because of coronavirus. I thought they weren't allowed to swap shirts, but maybe that's changed. Um, anyway, Messi takes his shirt off to give to him and the goalkeeper kind of sort of starts to walk away and then Messi's like pulling him back like, no, no, I want your shirt, which I thought was, the goalkeeper was like, wait a minute, what? You want my shirt? Like, he's, he was just surprised Messi he wanted his shirt. Yeah, which I thought is quite funny because either Messi's taking the piss out of him and the goalkeeper's taking it seriously, or like, do you think Messi keeps that shirt? Yeah, I think so. What do you think he does with it? He doesn't hang it, does he? No, but I think Messi seems like he's a bit of a nerd, so he's probably like a collector, you know, he probably collects all stuff and he'll have a little museum in his gaff and all that kind of thing. I think that's a pretty cool thing as a footballer. Like, I've got two sides to this because one, one part of me says like, Fuck off, we just played each other. I don't want your shirt. I don't care about, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. whatever. But also, at the end of your career, imagine you played 400 games in a football career and you got a shirt every game. You'd have, <laughs> you'd have some right gems in there. Well, you, you, know, you know what people do, and uh, I forget the company that was doing this, but there's a company that collects jerseys from players and then auctions them off and gives the money to charity. So I think, cool. I think a lot of players take donations or give their jerseys they've collected over the years as donations. And then, they'll, yeah. They'll, so for that reason, I'm all right with it. But if they're getting it because they're a little bit fanboyish, I'm not. Yeah. Not for me. No, don't, don't, don't think that's. Uh, don't think would, it's you ever, would you imagine that on like a Sunday league? You've just had a proper, a proper barmy with the other team. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, we'll swap shirts after the game. <laughs> Yeah, people have asked me. People have asked me before, mate, but I've uh, I've declined. <laughs> you don't believe me, do you? Yeah, no, I'm not having it. All right. 
All right, so uh, another big big piece of news. Uh, I don't know if has this happened already or not. Did Ipswich Town get taken over today? Uh, I don't know if it went through or not, to be honest with you. So Ameri- more Americans buying English football teams. Uh, Ipswich Town's next on the rack for American investment. Uh, with familiar investment for us, to be fair. Yeah, for uh, Phoenix Rising's Brett Johnson, right? And uh, Bert Bouquet, I think, is involved as well. I don't know about I don't know all the ins and outs, but it sounds like yeah, Brett Johnson's definitely been uh, connected, and he's now owning Tucson as well. Tucson broke away from uh, Phoenix Rising in ownership, mm. so I think Brett Johnson's leading the charge with that one down there. Well, um, he's got his. But look at the price. Have you seen the, what they're what they're buying Ipswich Town for? Yeah, that's cheap. Seventeen and a half million pounds. Yeah, that's cheap for a championship team. I mean, you're only a good season away from the Prem. It's mad. Yeah. Smart from him. Good business. Great business. Unless the club is riddled with debt. Yeah. But yeah, I think yep. Brett Johnson's involved also with uh, Jordan Gardner, who we had on the show. He's invested in the clubs uh, up in, is it, what, what's the one? Is it Helsingor in Denmark? Helsingor, Helsingor in Denmark. He's got Dundalk in Ireland. He's got some uh, ownership in Swansea. Yeah. Um, interesting. Go back and have a listen to that. Cause he, he does make some points about why there is so much American ownership, uh, you know, kind of, I wouldn't say fleeing, but uh, venturing into Europe. Because um, you look at the, the cost of a major league soccer team is going to cost you, you know, $500 million. Or you can go buy Ipswich, which is $17.5 million. I want, well, yeah, but it's the light at the end of the tunnel, which we talked about on the show, is that, like, I, I can see the path where I invest in the team. Yeah. This improves. We go in the Premier League, happy days. You get the parachute payments if you come down. There's yeah. like a road there from a business perspective, whereas... Yeah. When Major League Soccer, it's just, it's just a legacy play. It's just, I own an NFL team. I own a Major League Soccer team. My kids will own the team. Their kids will own the team. It's really just a legacy play. Yeah. You've got to have some real, real big cash to be doing that kind of stuff. So, yeah, and Italy as well. I forget the name of the investment group. They own Roma. They own Venezia in Italy. So, yeah, I mean, the, the, all of that money is pointing outwards now, looking to go and get involved in European football or even uh, further afield, Australia and uh, South America as well. Right. And then final piece of world news, uh, Champions League final could be held in New York in 2025. Is that true? Yeah, I, yeah, I saw that they're talking about doing it. I don't know how that would go down, but yeah, it's it's they're, they're trying to get it done. They're just trying to globalize, and that eventually, Tom, it's coming. They tried to get their last game of the league season in the states. It's going to happen that they have like a big showpiece game that actually. Yeah, means- why would you put the Champions League in New York? The Champions League is a European competition, so surely the final has to be in Europe. Well, it's the same with the moving a Premier League game to wherever they were trying to move New York or Florida, because it's like well. They just want to, it's just a marketing tool. And that's yeah. all it is. It's just how can we market more to American audience or an Asian audience so that we can drive numbers up? But yeah, I mean, I think that's shit. I mean, whatever two teams in it, fans have now got to travel to New York instead of flying to Barcelona or Madrid. Where are they going to play in New York? Where the, well, Yankee Stadium with it on, a, on a wonky pitch? Well, I mean, they'll probably play Red Bull or uh, not Red Bulls. I mean, they maybe play at the Giants Stadium or whether oh, Giants, Giants will be it, yeah. yeah. Giants, because Giants have got a big ground, haven't they? Aye. Yep. Yeah. So I, I, I don't like that. I mean, I, I like the fact that more people get access to watching and stuff like that, but I mean, it's crap for the fans. I mean, imagine Tottenham, get, I mean, be okay for you, but Tottenham going to Champions League final and it being in New York. Well, you're eliminating. The Champions League finals go in the same way as the Super Bowl, where it was a little bit different this year, but the Super Bowl is just all corporate tickets. The Champions League final is going to end up exactly the same way. And It already is a little bit like that. I mean, yeah. I think when Spurs made it what, two years ago now, there was only like 13,000 tickets given to Spurs fans in a 60-odd thousand-seat stadium. And it was like 13,000 tickets for each set of fans, right. pushing 26, and the other 40-something were given corporate. Yeah, no, definitely. No, it's, it's, it's bollocks. I mean, it's the more, it's the further sanitization of the game from actual working people being able to afford to go and watch their team play by saying, oh, yeah, by the way, if your team gets to the biggest showpiece final in potentially the club's history, you might, be able, yeah, you might not be able to afford to go because it's no longer a $50 Ryanair flight to Madrid. It's, you know, a $1,000 flight to yeah. New York and you took it for the game and all the rest of it. So I don't know, I, I'll get off my soapbox now anyway. <laughs> I- Right. Do you know what time it is, mate? It's that time for the game. With no name.
Right, this, yeah, this, this is a, yeah, I think you're, have you been in a role? I think you won last week. We've had a couple now, we've had a couple, I think we've drawn the last two or three weeks in a row. Yeah, because we went, we went back to our uh, knowledge pool. Yeah, well, yeah, we went to where, we went to what we know. We, we weren't good at the previous, which was current footballers. So we've said, yeah, let's make it more interesting. Let's do 90s footballers or World Cup footballers. And it's right up our street, that. Well, and I, I also went much easier on you because I felt sorry for you. Oh, that's what it is, is it? Yeah. Brilliant. And that's why you got points on the board. But today I went extremely difficult on you because we're doing 90s Premier League plays today. Tom, give a quick breakdown for anyone that's new listening to the show that may not know what the game with no name is about. So we're going to take it in turns. We have uh, four questions that we're going to ask each other. So we go back and forth. Uh, Adam will have 10 seconds to answer. I will give him the initials of a footballer and the club that they play the predominant part of their career for. You'll have 10 seconds to give me the name of that footballer. If he gets it right, you will hear this lovely sound. And if he gets it wrong, he'll get a... What's that, Adam? Yeah, that's a... <laughs> lovely. So, would you like to go first or second? Um, you know, I'll go second. I'll let you go first this week. Does it mean I ask the question first? Uh, no, it means I ask the question first. All right, let's do it. All right, first, NW Arsenal. Neil, Nigel, Nico, oh, bollocks. You've had, you've, had the, you've had the first name, right? Neil. Nigel. Oh, fuck's sake, I know it is as well. It's Nigel Winterburn, for God's sake. It's the 10 seconds. The 10 seconds isn't good for me, man. I can't work on that sort of time frame. Don't do well under pressure. Oh, God. How are you, how are you ever going to be, uh, you know, a big professional manager? Oh, so I don't need to remember all the bloody names. Or all, the <laughs> all right, you're up. Come on, you ready? Give it to me. You're going to get this so easy. Okay, Chelsea footballer. D-W. Hold on. D-W? D-W. Dennis Wise. I've gone easy on you. I've gone I easy on you. Mate, are you saying Nigel Winterburn's not? That's not hard. I knew Nigel Winterburn's. You don't have the time. Yeah. All right, next. One new year. Next. Bolton. N-B. Nathan Blake. Yeah, well done. Well done. Good one. Yeah. Yes! That, that, was a good, that, that wasn't that easy. That's, that's a little more tricky, a little bit more off track. Good striker. Very yeah, good. So it's 1 1 right now. Yep. Ooh, here you go. PW, Derby County. Palo, one chop. Too easy. Yeah, Too easy. Yeah. One chop, one goal. Legendary. All right, go on, get me. 2 1 right. to you. Newcastle United player, DP. Darren Peacock. Yeah, easy, easy. Too easy. Mate, listen, this is our this is our era. This is our genre. Yeah. All right, two two. Yeah. Big one here. Yeah. Chelsea. E D G. I I get good Johnson. Five, four, three, two. You're going to hate this one. One. Ed DeHoy, goalkeeper. Oh, Ed DeHoy. Yeah. Ed DeHoy. Googly, kind of weird looking fella. Yeah. Yeah, good haircut. Yeah. Good goalkeeper. Good goalkeeper. Ed DeHoy. Oh, man. That's a, uh, that's a tough one. Oh, that was a good one. I saved a good one. 2 2 going into the bonus round. All right. You ready? Oh, this is the easiest one I've picked as well. All right. Middlesbrough, FR. Fabio Ravinelli. Fabrizio Ravinelli. Yeah. <laughs> Fabio Ravinelli. Fabrizio. Oh, mate, he used to put his shirt over his head and run around. The best celebration in football history. Oh, mate, he was such a good player, everyone. The best thing about that celebration was you'd have, like, fat Sunday league lads doing the same celebration. With, like, the beer bellies out and the shirt would be all stretched. Mm -hmm. Okay, you need to get this right or I win. Okay. I think you've got a chance here. It might be another draw, you know. Go on, hit me. It's a bit easy. Leeds United, LR. Lucas Radaby. 
<laughs> Outstanding. Well, it's another tie in the game with no name. <laughs> Oh, and you know the worst part about game shows like this is everyone hates a tie. Everyone loves a winner. Everyone loves a winner. It's all right. We'll move on. Do you want to do rock, paper, scissors to decide the winner? I like this. International over Zoom. So is it one, two, three, shoot? One, two, shoot. One, two, shoot. Okay. Best one of one? Oh, I'm getting a phone call. Best one of one? Yeah, one of one. Sudden death. Ready? Wait. Ready? No, wait, 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 wait. Wait. Come on. <laughs> Ready? Do this doesn't work for radio. We have to do it. No, it doesn't work for radio, but just do it. Go. One. One, two, three. Oh, but now you cheated. There's a lag. You could see that I'd already gone paper before you went scissors. How can I nonsense. see? Hey, winner, winner, winner. That's nonsense. There's a lag. Honduras is behind. <laughs> you saw me before I saw you. No, you're, back. you're behind us on time, mate. So you... Uh, Outrageous. Yeah, oh, what a win. Sensational. All right, time for this week's hot topic. All right, and for this week's hot topic, what are we talking about? So, uh, yeah, this week's hot topic. Uh, hold on, I've got to go back. I've got to go. Oh, I've got it. Don't worry. Accountabilities for referees. We already talked about it earlier. Um, you know, in a uh, not the Burnley game, Stuart, in the Brighton game, with Lee Mason having a uh, Lee Mason having an absolute stinker. Okay, he had a nightmare, and you know I alluded a little bit. No accountability. He's he's not had to come out and explain what happened. Everyone's left guessing. The Premier League hasn't come out and said what happened. It's just kind of like, well, we think it was this or this or this. And granted, he's he's been taking off taking off of the game this weekend. I think he was supposed to be doing Sheffield United, but he's been taken off because he's sustained an injury. Like which, if he's been taken off because he's done a crap job. I don't want him to get, you know, ridiculed or, you know, humiliated. Right. But you've taken him off for a crap job. Don't say he's got a bloody injury or whatever, right? Um, and I was, it's just got me going this weekend because I was watching uh, England versus Wales in the rugby. And uh, actually a game where there was some pretty bad officiating as well. Um, Wales won the game. Uh, good game of rugby. But the, the referee the whole way through... Every conversation with a player, every decision, he was talking you through it. He still got some wrong, by the way. Mm. But at least there was that level of accountability where you had to have reasoning behind what he was doing, explain it. And I, I, I want to see that in football. I want to see. I want to hear what the referee's got to say. I, th I think they should be. The game is so high profile now and there's so much at stake. I think these guys need to have some sort of accountability. Now, I'm not sure how I feel about an interview after a game. Because now these guys become celebrity status, right. um, which really they should be black and white. Their, their personality shouldn't come into play, right? It should be their ability to make decisions. But I think at some point there should be explanation of decisions. You know what I mean? Because and, and, those decisions have such a massive impact um, for, for clubs uh, with so much at stake financially and competitively. I just don't get it. It's infuriating to me that we just... We, we add technology, but we don't add something that is so simple as well. Well, and as we're moving more and more into the growth and usage of VAR in games, surely it'll be easier for the ref to comment and like talk, like with like pull the board up and show us like, hey, this is what I saw. This is how I made the decision. Instead of it just being like right now, it's just seems like just a bit of a crapshoot. Like it's just kind of inconsistent. Right. And we should be able to hear that conversation where the, the guy who's doing VAR should say, hey, you want to come have a look at this? And we should hear it from there. And he says, okay, yep, I'm coming over to have a look. And he'll say, okay, the reason why I wait to look at it is, you know, it looks like there's contact on his right ankle here. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I think, you know, potentially he touched the ball first. Talk your way through it. And, and listen, at least even if he gets it wrong, people understand the reasoning that he had for getting it wrong. Sure. Like, I just I don't get why that can't be a thing. Don't think they need to talk in front of the camera after the game, but just that on field, being able to hear those conversations. You know, when a player is complaining about a foul and the referee says, well, hey, listen, you come through from behind here, it's a foul, shut up and get away. Great, I'd love to hear that. That's more entertainment, it's more interesting. Do you think there would be a problem just because culturally, I, I don't watch uh, rugby, but I know that rugby, there's always been a... Uh, like, Talk to the captain. 
Yeah, and it's sportsmanship, and they don't go screaming and bollocking the ref, right? It's like, it's a cultural thing, whereas football, I mean, nearly every game, you've got someone telling the ref to fuck off, or, you know, like, would that get curbed, though? Well, I think I think that would be what would happen. You'd have to, the accountability of the referees, the, people being able to hear what the players say to the referees would curb that. And, and I think there does need to be a level of respect for referees. I think it's very important. Um, you know, you shouldn't be braiding and yelling at a referee the whole game. He makes a decision, and, and you'll get to a point where if, if you can hear how the referees come into decisions, within a season, by the end of the season, the referee, if they're consistent enough, a player won't argue a decision because they'll know that a referee's gone through a decision-making process that's probably pretty spot on. Sure. And, and you know, it'll just eradicate it because it won't be worth the argument. Because I'm, I'm actually going to end up looking like an idiot because the referee's going to be talking through his earpiece with someone, and everyone at home's hearing it. And he'll say, yeah, I've seen he's made a touch here. It's the right decision. And I go over and say, you're fucking shit. This is ridiculous. As a player, I'm going to look like an idiot and a moron. So it, it might curtail some of that and, and change it. So I don't see many downfalls with it. The only problem is from a Premier League perspective and a referee perspective is if they have inconsistency in the reasoning of why they make decisions. And, well, and what you have is that accountability where you're going to have Sky Sports or ESPN or NBC pull up a highlight reel of the same referee making different decisions in the same scenario. One, and then you've got a problem. And how much of that just turns into like PR spin afterwards where like, you remember, remember players used to give way more frank and open interviews sort of yeah. 20 years ago because it was like, they weren't sort of PR trained and there wasn't like the, this global audience that there, there is now. Uh, would the same just happen with refs where they're just, it's just so like sort of static and like, standard answers for everything but I, I like I like the idea and I, I think testing it wouldn't be a bad thing of I've seen uh, seen how refs did it we, we try VAR well give the ref a chance to explain himself I think people would like it a lot more to, to hear that and understand because it adds a human element to referees which I don't think is there right now I think people think oh the ref's sort of like this other other part of the game yeah I'd be interested or, or even if there's just a weekly it doesn't even have to be from a named person, a weekly decision update where there's been a few contentious decisions over the weekend and the Premier League or the referee committee come out with a statement regarding that decision. I, did I, I know there's more to it than that because they don't want to make the, undermine the referee and stuff like that, but I think they've got to start setting precedents and standards. I, I think it was Mike. How many different bloody versions of a handball have you seen this year? Right. <laughs> I, I, I do think Mike Dean came out this week and uh, said that referees should be applauded onto the field. <laughs> he said that. <laughs> yeah, Mike Dean. Well, yeah, that's like, that's mad. That, that's too much, too far. But I thought that was funny. Imagine that, just like the, all the players lining up, giving him a, a, what do you call it, a guard of honour. <laughs> yeah, and they get applauded him back off as well. Yeah, yeah interesting. Exactly. If you have a shit match. Bizarre. Very strange thing to say. Anyway, all right, mate. Well, I think uh, I've taken up enough of your time on your little holiday excursion. Mm. Is it time to go back to the beach or are you going to be... I don't, I don't think you should be. Looking at you, you should be staying out of the sun, mate. Yeah, no, no more sun. Uh, just going to lay low, I think. Uh, go, go and have a bit of a cruise around the town and see what's happening with the, uh, with the, with the scene tonight. Is it, is it a lot of fish, a lot of the dinners and stuff? Uh, you know, it's, it's a bit of a combo. There's a lot of steak. There's, it's, it's kind of, it's, you know, you know what it's like, um, like Creole culture, you know, with like the boil bags of, of food, oh, yeah. but yeah, a lot, a lot of chicken and like stew type stuff, a lot of rice, a lot of beans, but yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot of fish obviously around an island as well, but, but what's wow. kind of, what's kind of interesting is because the, the place got hit so hard because the island specifically is all tourism, right? Their whole economy is based on tourism. So we're talking to a few of the lads, you know, that are just like, how did you get through the last year? And they all were like really enterprising. So the, the guys that maybe do the boat stuff went and did fishing instead. And like, there was a, a real communal effort, <clears throat> but you know what? I, I mean, COVID obviously is still, it's still very prevalent in the world, but it's like being in a time warp here because they've got zero cases on the island because they're managing it coming in and you have to test when you're going out. So it's like they've managed it so well. But I mean, mate, it's an island. It's 20 miles, 30 miles long, two miles wide, right? So it's small. Pretty easy to do. But, 
yeah, so no coaching. But it was interesting to see like that they very community based. Like they all sort of helped each other out. Like I grow this, so I'll give you some of that. And like they're all sort of trading and help each other. So that was like really cool to see. It's it's built up, but it's still really uh, it's still pretty primitive. You know, like just kind of uh, it's not a big tourist place. You know, it's still quite uh, like a locally type of place. So yeah, de- definitely worth checking out if anyone wants to get down there. It's uh, and everyone's really cool as well. Very welcoming. Class, man. All right, mate. Well, enjoy the rest of the uh, day. Enjoy some scuba. Go be a pirate for a little bit and then come back to the real world. Yeah, yeah. Perfect, mate. Will do. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in and listening. Hopefully the audio held up okay. And we'll be back on Thursday. We've got another episode of the A Healthy Obsession show to boost out for everyone. In the meantime, get with us on the web. Tom, what's the website and the email? Uh, Email is hello at healthyobsession.soccer. Uh, I'm assuming the website is healthyobsession.soccer. Right. Yeah, so get involved. I hope everyone's well and enjoys the show. Cheers for listening. See ya.